0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place
1: to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Welcome to Mind Pump, the world's top fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. You're the universe. Uh, okay, so in this episode, we answer fitness and health questions. We also do an intro where we talk about current events, studies, Articles that we've read. Sometimes we mention our sponsors. So I'm going to give you the breakdown of what went down in this entire episode of Mind Pump. We open up by talking about cigarettes and COVID. Uh, believe it or not, there's this what weird match. There's this weird single study that shows that maybe nicotine has a protective effect against COVID. No, we don't recommend you go smoke, but we do find we did find this article kind of interesting. Then we talked about cannabis and cancer. Uh, Marijuana contains compounds called cannabinoids, and they have an interesting effect on cancer. So we talk about that in that part of the episode. Then we talk about how energized we were because we had the pure nootropic from Organifi. Now, Organifi makes all-natural organic supplements. So they have a vegan protein powder. They have a green juice that's uh, freeze-dried super vegetables in a powder that tastes amazing, so you get all those nutrients. They have something called Pure, which is one of our favorites. We actually drink it before we podcast. That gives you a little bit of an energy brain boost. Anyhow, if you want to check out their products, make sure you use the Mind Pump discount for 20% off. Go to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Mind Pump. Use the code Mind Pump for 20% off. Then we talked about protein and muscle, uh, I talked about how in the future they're going to have sales machines that are just going to sell you anything and everything because they will be so good. Sales, sound sound. Then we talked about how TikTok got a fine uh, for taking children's information and also how if you're over 25 and posting on TikTok. Can we stop? Yeah, you need to stop doing that. stop doing that? Then we talked about reenacting old family pictures. I talked about the leak uh, from the Steam of Steam that has all those games like CSGO. They lost a lot of great information, maybe get hacked. Uh, we talked about water bears on the moon uh-oh. They're back. And then we oh and then I mentioned a screen time study that shows that kids who use their their iPads and their their screen devices might not actually be suffering from social detriments like we uh, maybe have thought. I call malarky. Then we got into the questions. The first question, this person says, "Look, is it good to squeeze the glutes at the top of a deadlift and squat? Some people say it's a good way to get the glutes to fire. Always good to squeeze glutes. Other people say it's bad for your spine what are your thoughts? Next question. This person wants to know how to program plyometrics into their workout. So plyometrics are where you you do explosive movements like jumping on a box, for example. How do you put that in your workout? What are the benefits? The next question, this person wants to know if it's necessary to keep workouts under a certain amount of time, like under an hour, hour and a half. And also, what about the total volume? How many sets should you do per body part per week? And then the final question, this person just wants to know what our top two hobbies are. So we all talk about our you know, productive hobbies, like the ones that Adam and I have, and the ones that are unproductive, <laughs> like Justin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only one that's really having fun in the group. Huh? <laughs> uh, also, by the way, MAPS Prime and Prime Pro are both 50% off. So both these programs require no exercise equipment whatsoever. And they're both mobility and correctional exercise based So MAPS Prime teaches you how to individualize your warm-up or priming session before your normal workouts. Now, this is important because if you move a particular way, how you prime is going to make your workout either effective or less effective, okay? So Prime does that for you. Now, Prime Pro takes you through correctional exercises for your entire body, whether it's your ankles or your hips or your shoulders or your spine. You go in the program, identify the areas you need to work on. Follow the program, gain new mobility, new ranges of motion, and better connection so that you build more muscle and you burn more body fat. Here's how you get the 50% off go to mapsfitnessproducts.com and use the code PRIME50. That's P R I M E 50. No space for the discount. You read an article off air. I did. You did. You read it off air, and I actually, he
0: reads. Yeah, I you know I tune you out so often that I don't realize sometimes when you say something I wanted to hear until afterwards. Mm. And I forgot to ask you. Appreciate your honesty. Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. You 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 said something about uh you read some article and you're like I heard you go, that's oh, bullshit, that can't be true and then and then I don't know if you finished it and then cl- or found out that it wasn't or that it confirmed it, that it was. It totally was. gave Adam blue balls. It was uh that nicotine with COVID. Yeah, uh, i
2: remember,
0: uh, mentioning
1: that. God, you want to pull that up? Oh, yeah. I, I don't did. want to promote that.
0: Dude. Well, I'm not saying, I just wanted to hear, I actually wanted to hear don't your- Don't get p- excited. I, I'm not getting excited. You are, dude. Yeah, like, I'm, so, I'm going to pick up smoking <laughs> cigarettes. <now. laughs> did somebody say nicotine? Like, awesome. I could totally justify smoking cigarettes now.
1: <laughs> so, what they say about weed? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, oh, I know.
0: Did you see I, I ruffled some feathers with my, my uh, I knew I was going to, too. Oh. Uh, because well, you posted yourself with a Yeah, a joint. It
1: wasn't a real joint. Yes it, what do you mean it was not I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> oregano in there. I think it was. Did you <laughs> like my comment underneath? Yeah. This is that is drugs?
0: drugs? I was great because that's exactly what the you know, the the handful of people that <laughs> it, it offended, and uh I thought that was pretty funny. Okay, it's here's interesting.
1: Here's the article, and this is in no way uh confirmed. This is just a... you know it was a small study. And the t- it's in futurism uh Uh, website, so futurism.com, and it says, study nicotine, which is different than cigarettes, although cigarettes contain nicotine, nicotine may lower the risk of catching coronavirus. And it said, according to a major Paris hospital study, the Guardian reports tobacco could be preventing smokers from catching COVID-19. It says, our cross-sectional study strongly suggests that those who smoke every day, (laughs) it's so crazy to read this, those who smoke every day are much less likely to develop a symptomatic or severe infection with SARS-CoV-2, which is the disease that causes uh, you know, COVID or whatever, compared with the general population. So, And then they said, of course, that they did state the obvious. Smoking is often fatal and almost certainly outweighs the negative effects of COVID-19 itself. So according to the study, they found that out of 350 hospitalized COVID-19 patients at a Paris hospital with a median age of 65 – only 4.4% were smokers. In 130 patients who were all allowed home with less serious symptoms, the median, the median age was 44 and only 5.3% smoked. By comparing these numbers to the number of people who smoke in the general population, about 40% of for people between the ages of 44, 53, and 9 to 11% for people 65, 75, they found that far fewer smokers seem to have been infected or at least experienced sim- serious symptoms as a result of being infected that resulted in hospitalization. You want to know what my theory is?
3: Mm. I'm curious. Yeah.
1: Okay, so when you smoke cigarettes, you fucking stink. So nobody wants to be around you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's automatic. That is a good thing. automatic I mean, social isolation. It's, it's <laughs> it's sound, isolation. it's a sound theory. That theory. is a good. Yeah. Th- you go
0: outside it, and you're, it does kind of debunk the original theory we had though about why China had so many deaths early on, and we said, "Oh, that's in because, Italy too." Yeah, in Italy because that their population obviously yeah. a lot more of, of them smoke than than U.S.
1: There. I would not. Re- I would not rely on that one observation. It does. Doesn't make. I mean, on across the board, smoking has uh, detrimental effects with any disease.
0: That leads me to another uh, question that I have in regards to smoking and and tying into the Instagram post that I did with smoking marijuana. Now, haven't they concluded now? And correct me if I'm wrong, that the uh, adverse effects or negative effects from Smoking marijuana are basically negated because of the positive effects that you get
1: from the uh, uh, the the cannabis. Yeah, uh, okay. You have to put it differently. The yeah, because there's other there's a lot of effects that you get from smoking marijuana. But what you're talking about is the cancer effects yeah. on yes. the lungs. Okay, yeah. so um, they've done lots of studies on marijuana smoking and lung cancer, and they find that there is uh, many of these studies show that there's no. Increased risk, or the increased risk is so small that they say it's it's statistically insignificant, and they think the reason, because for all intents and purposes, uh, marijuana smoke should cause lung cancer. It's full of carcinogens. You're inhaling burnt yeah. plant matter, and so the the reason for that, the explanation, is that the 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 pro cancer effects of the carcinogens are negated by the anti cancer effects. Of the cannabinoids that are found in, in So it's marijuana. kind of a wash. So it's a wash. But it still reduces lung performance. It still increases risk of lung infection. Um, and then, of course, there's all the other potential negative side effects that they found. But in terms of lung cancer, uh, there was a big study done in 1972 or four. And they, what the what this was funded by the government, and the government's goal was to show a clear link between marijuana and lung cancer. Okay, this is what I shared. I'm, yeah. I'm
0: glad you're going this way.
1: Yeah, and they wanted to. They wanted to show a clear link, and they didn't. They couldn't. In fact, this, they, in their study, they saw a small protective effect, and they shut down the study and never really publicized it. But you can look it up and, and see it for yourself. So that's the interesting thing. But that doesn't mean there aren't negative uh, you know, side effects of with smoking mm-hmm. uh, marijuana. But in terms of lung cancer... No, probably doesn't. In fact, they find that people who smoke marijuana and cigarettes have lower rates of lung cancer than people who just smoke cigarettes. Because of the, you know, the protective effect. Yeah, that's really yeah. interesting. So, you know, it's really interesting. Yeah. Welcome to Mind Pump. We're a health podcast. Hey. <laughs> talk about cigarettes. Yeah, that the, that <laughs> I just <laughs> eat my cannabis.
0: Well, I mean, you, you offset it with like your healthy stuff. I saw you drinking your pure. So I'm sure, uh, yeah, that's, that's one are way.
1: You guys, are you guys feeling energized from it yet? Is it yeah, no,
3: in? I mean, I, I love it. It's yeah. it's usually about 15 minutes for me.
0: And then you yeah, feel yeah, it like kick in a little bit.
1: Yeah. It I, doesn't,
3: it's not that fast for me.
1: You really? Yeah. It's true. You don't yeah. feel things as quickly. But I feel like it makes
0: his things a little differently, I think. He does. And yeah. it makes me smarter than Justin, too. I always, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, finally. Maybe.
3: Yeah. <laughs> you, you need a uh, an aid to help you. There's, it's my, there's my more one, room. My yeah. one up. It's like a guy who bench presses yeah. 600 pounds. You only go up
1: yeah. five pounds. I just put man. on a
3: bench shirt, dude. I'd totally be eating you now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Shut up. Good it's, job. It's cheating. Yeah. It's so effective. Yeah. I love mixing it with the green juice. Yeah, that's, that's what I do with oh, it. Yeah. Now. A did you combo. speaking of
0: green the green juice? Did you see? Uh, was it Marlin? Who was it on our forum that posted the? I got to try this. I haven't tried it. The vanilla protein powder with the green juice mixed yeah. in it, he says it's supposed to create this like minty, Ooh. vanilla minty, ice creamy type of Interesting. flavor.
1: That sounds really good. Yes. Oh, yeah, to no,
0: I gotta try that. So I want to try the try the uh, vanilla powder protein powder, mix the green juice in it. It's supposed to be bomb, and it, it sounds bomb. And I know because you know the green juice has that really good minty flavor. Yeah. yeah
3: no, they mastered that, and the they uh, make their taste is amazing.
0: Yeah, and they make like and Legion does a vanilla ice cream, right? So you could do like a kind of vanilla ice cream flavor with that mint. It probably tastes like. Chip, you do I the
1: bet. most recipes with with supplements. I you've do. used protein powders quite a bit. Oh, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You had the the protein peanut butter balls which uh, I'm sure you're still getting DMs. <laughs> People <laughs> still want you to post it. I know. If you you're, you're listening right here, listening right now and you've DM me, I intentionally
0: do not respond to you because it, it, because <laughs> you, it, you
3: missed your window. Yes, it,
0: you, here's the thing we don't we don't do like uh like you know the thing with like influencers they're like constantly like turn on your notifications, make sure you check in everything I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. And so I, we don't push that agenda all the time because I just would hope that we do a good job of adding so much value that you just turn your notifications on, but I feel like I need to be like one of them influencers be like, motherfuckers, turn yeah. your notifications okay, on. Okay, everybody, I'm doing it right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, if you want to catch when we, and I've, I've posted it three times. That's it. It's done. I'm not doing it no more. I'm not posting it. If you haven't listened to me say it on the podcast at least two or three times, caught it when I put it in my story two mm-hmm. or three times, you should probably be following yeah. a little bit we, closer. Dude, it's called
3: you sneeze. You Stop following all them other Instagram information influencers yeah, yeah. and drop them being and distracted by all the booties
1: yeah so. stop following all those yeah. stupid ones like precision nutrition um <laughs> whoa. <there's> a- <laughs> whoa dude we're gonna, we're gonna what was that jab about oh uh, no that was, that was because they they, they sent out an email and they posted on their instagram about trigger workouts i'm like whoa where'd you come up with that term buddy well you know what though it, it's you if you go to google
0: and put trigger session trigger workout anything like that we like, own the whole first page because we've been doing it forever yeah so i, I know i'm just it I'm was just, i think it was a nod i'm having fun yeah. it was a nice it was a nice nod to us
1: no it know. wasn't they didn't it was, give us credit was, uh, they're like we invented this new. yeah this what's that quote though? though you were looking
0: the the flattery thing you know it's 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 if someone who's copying yeah, you it's the like,
3: sincerest form of flattery Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. imitation anyway yeah. dude you and i take supplements so different bro so different You yeah. are you're making like puddings and balls and bars and cakes i do i yes. mix it in water yeah or nothing i put the powder in my mouth and then try to gargle that's water. actually how justin yeah. does it yeah. i i at least put in water justin just whoa, whoa, whoa. he just keisters it yeah he
3: <laughs> keisters it yeah. i mean it's more
1: effective instant. i you know i more instant they they've done a good
0: job and i know i've always been the i've been the what the taste snob right out of the three of us yeah, when it comes to that stuff yeah but i mean it if you find a recipe like that, like I do, I do uh, you know the pancake one that I've done. That's with, the one. Yeah, that's the one I, I do a pancake yeah. one with Organifi. There's a green juice one. Then there's a protein powder one that I do. Then I do protein waffles. I do the the peanut butter balls. I. What else do I use, like uh, mixes like that? I've made, um, I shouldn't say, I take the credit. Katrina is actually the one who does all this. She makes these uh, homemade apple protein-like squares. They're oh. like protein bars. Oh. Yeah, and they're like 20 grams of protein, and they have like a breakfast dessert, and all natural. Like, so There's a lot of cool ways you can get creative. and And for me, I've always struggled- Still to this day, I mean, I'm going through this right now. Part of why I lose muscle so fast is I know that I, my protein intake dramatically drops when I'm not paying attention. When if I'm you not-
1: don't chase it, you don't like, you yeah. don't really go for it. If I don't, if I don't actively uh, make a point
0: to track and get like go above and beyond to get protein intake, I tend to hit on the the lower end of what I should be getting mm. or, on the way or miss it completely. Like it's not hard for me to have a day. Where, like I mentioned the other day, I fasted in the morning and then I had the, and I have a giant, you know, chicken rice bowl thing that probably has a pound of chicken in it, which is a lot. That's a lot in one sitting, but do a pound of, a pound of chicken is still not over a hundred grams of protein. Mm -hmm. So it's still under, and then maybe I have, you know, the, I brought up, I had the magic spoon cereal at night. Okay. Well, there's another 40. So I'm still at like. One twenty, mm. you know, so real easily. I and that's like really going after it. Ha, heaven forbid, I have a you know pizza day or I enjoy something off the off the menu and I don't
3: go after a big heavy meat. Well, I meal. think a lot of people don't realize that unless they really track and dial it in to see, like they they're not getting as much protein. That that's people, I think. see, that's my yeah. opinion.
0: And that that was remember, Sal and I used to kind of go back and forth on this early mind pump days. And my my thoughts on this are, I think most people have no idea and they think they eat a lot of meat or they think they eat a lot of protein, but they've never even tracked or consistently tracked. And I've done that so much that I know my behaviors. And it it's definitely one, it's actually one of the my favorite tips to like start somebody off like, okay, before we get into weighing and measuring and even tracking like all I want you to do is target protein first. Make a conscious effort, effort to every meal, try and get, like, it, it, make sure it has about 30 grams or so of protein in it, and it's amazing how much that shifts people's eating habits because we're so we're such a, a carb-heavy, you know.
1: Well, um, I, I mean, a, ideal protein for muscle building and then indirectly for fat loss is high. It, it just is. Now, you can eat less than that and still be okay, be totally fine. But if you want to eat the amount of protein that it speeds up your progress, at least maximizes your progress, mm-hmm. then it's relatively high. It's about you know point six to one gram per pound of body weight. So if you're a you know two hundred pound guy, that's anywhere between one hundred and twenty grams to two hundred grams of protein a day. That's a decent amount. A hundred thirty pound girl even is going to have seventy grams to one hundred thirty grams. Of protein a day—that's a decent amount of protein. It's a lot. Now, for me, I found that I can maintain muscle pretty well, even if I let my protein drop. So, if I'm trying to build, then I definitely push towards 200 grams of protein. So, and this is
0: why I liked—it's been a long time since we talked about this. It's kind of a—we obviously weren't planning to go this direction, but I think it's a good conversation because there is for sure a a a a genetic role in this. Because I've trained clients on both sides of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. and some people are like you. Some people. They could fast for two or three days, and they can be low protein or just kind of moderate levels. And they, as long as everything else is in line, they're training good. They tend to hang on to pro- their muscle pretty well. Yeah. I have this. My it's for sure. It's the minute I am low calorie or missing protein,
1: endurance I sh- runner.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah. <laughs> I right away.
3: I like muscle falls off yeah. as, as well. They-, they tried to explain this with the somatotypes, and I think that was like sort of the motivation behind that because they noticed this. I mean, there there are different people that respond to protein and, and can utilize it uh, more efficiently.
1: Well, studies will show, and this is pretty. This is actually pretty clear. Now, this has nothing to do with nutrition, but I think it might be a little bit connected. Uh, that the workouts that you need to do to build muscle are much different in terms of you need more volume, more intensity, It needs to be programmed more effectively than the workouts you need to keep muscle. Keeping muscle is a lot easier than building it. They've shown this time and time again. So, And this is good news for a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, I, I don't have access to heavy weights, I'm stuck at home or whatever. Keeping muscle is not nearly as hard as gaining. It. And the longer you've had muscle, the less you have to do to keep it. So if you've been certain muscularity and a certain amount of st- strength for, let's say, 10 years – then you can get away with less intensity and less workouts for a while and not lose a significant amount of muscle Now, I have to imagine besides the individual variances that there are that that's true with nutrition. I know it is with me like I could eat you know I could eat under a hundred grams of protein a day and I'm not going to really lose as long as I, my workouts are consistent I'll just maintain but if I want to build. I have to eat probably double that amount.
0: Well, you you also said something to me uh, years ago when we used to uh, argue back and forth about this. And you said something that I actually never really thought about. And I think you're right. Like Even though I'm at a disadvantage that I don't hold on to muscle very well, and as soon as I kind of fall off, it just kind of oh, comes yeah. up. I, I do think I have a pretty good advantage of once I do bump it, like if I bump my protein a up big res- response real quick. Yeah, yeah. Like if I if I just am you know, mine dialed with my protein intake for three weeks in a row and I'm training well, I mean my body does respond. Mm-hmm. Responds dramatically enough to where people are like, What's he doing right now? And it's like, really what I'm doing is just I'm being good on my I'm making sure I'm hitting my protein intake mm-hmm. and my training's on and I do put it back on pretty quick. But I'm it was, good I'm good at
1: keeping muscle and fat. <laughs> you know, I got, I'm pretty efficient. He's a store. He's a store. That's the somatotype yeah. of Justin. Yeah. He's a storer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate store. Yeah. Dude, yeah. you had my mind spinning the other day, Justin. We were on, in our, for the audience, we were on a group text thread or whatever, and we're joking with each other, and he said something like, oh, you know, you're a sales machine or something like that. Oh, uh- <laughs> Yeah. And it had me thinking of, uh, and I don't know why I was thinking of this. It had me thinking Automated of. Automated like, sales machines yeah, that we had. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it had me thinking of like the, the you know, AI and the future. And, you know, when you're a really good, you know, salesperson or communicator, you can read a person's body language. You mm-hmm. know how to change your tone and inflection to try and. You know, maybe have the person understand what you're saying. You know how to listen properly. Try and mirror their energy. Yeah, there's, there's all these different – a lot of it comes from – and you, I could list the things that you need to pay attention to. But really, it's it, it, besides paying attention to those things, it's practice. It's practice and practice and experience. And it becomes very natural at how you present things and how you can talk about things. Well, I was thinking about, like, AI. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to make machines that are going to read the size of your pupils. They're going to be able to take your pulse from far away. They'll yeah. know if what they're saying is working. They'll be Not scanning working. you real time. Yeah, Oh, time. you know, breathing went up by 0.2%. This is a good point. I'm going to keep going here. Oh, go drop back down. This person doesn't feel like they're being listened to. I'm going to change my approach. Like, we're going to be screwed. Oh, well, we're we, gonna go you're
3: gonna look at some. You're gonna come out buying everything because well, I there's, think, there's gonna be a better salesman out there than you, Sal. No. I I think that's why <laughs> <laughs> No, not possible. Never. Yeah. That's yeah. why I think we like
0: uh movies like what ex machina or whatever, yeah, right? That, yeah. I mean that that's what she did in that movie, right? She was you know, he know, she knows his heart rate. She can read his heart yeah. rate oh, elevating. completely
1: manipulate him. Yeah, and then yeah.
0: based off of that, okay, well, yeah. this is what...
1: Maybe that's what they'll do. Maybe the future sales machines will be just like, they'll just make you fall it's in love the with the them. It's the sex robot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 100%, <laughs> dude. Yeah. It's the oldest thing yeah. in the book. Come home, you know, yeah. your wife's like, why did you buy four lawnmowers? Yeah. What the it's fuck?
3: It's just a taboo <laughs> with us now, but, you know, machines don't have that kind of morality. <sighs> I think that's going to be so
1: crazy. Well, it's going to be so interesting. I,
0: You know, the, this is also that goes along with that debate of, are, do you, are you guys anti like what you know the it doesn't the, matter the we Goog- can change the Googles it. and the Facebooks and what they're doing with the algorithms and figuring out your buying patterns and advertising to you all the time. I don't I don't seem to mind it as much as some people do. Like some people get really irritated by that and feel very but I as as a consumer, I you know I like I like being fed the stuff that I want to buy and
3: not seeing a bunch of shit I don't want to buy. That's more annoying to well, me. Well, the though. differentiating factor is like if we're going to compare to what they're doing in China in terms of like you know having the state kind of run everybody's scoring That's system and all that. that versus here having all the different corporations have their own way of tracking people and giving them uh, incentives and whatnot. I'm totally cool with that because you could always opt out. Yeah, they're not going to like mandate you uh, well i, I don't act s- a way. i mean i don't see it very
0: different than what we're building i mean we're building something very similar when you look at what we're doing on the back end with hubspot and to me it's we come from a place of value add and because of that hopefully it, it ends up resulting in generating more revenue which is you know we are you know putting in place systems and to be able to understand the leads. so if right now we have you know thousands of leads that come in and those leads get a bunch of value from us but those thousand leads, we don't really know much about them. And the more we can learn about what blogs they're reading of ours, what programs they follow, what YouTube, what they watch, we start to learn behaviors of, oh, this is probably somebody in this age that wants these goals. And then we get better at giving them the information they want to yeah. read. That's just good business. Yeah. I have you know? no,
1: I have no problem with any of that. As long as, as long as it's not in the hands of someone that can throw you in jail or pass laws, I have no right. no problem. With, and speaking of which. TikTok uh, got lost, had got fined a lot of money. What? So TikTok was found to be mining uh, personal information from their users that were under the age of thirteen. Okay. Is this a Chinese company? I don't it, know.
3: I've, I, I, I had heard that uh, like government uh, employees and people were were banned from using TikTok. Because, I have no idea.
1: That, that would be very interesting. No, yeah. I have no idea. No, they got fined because they had to pay five point seven million dollars to settle allegations. That it was illegally collecting personal information from children under under the age of 13, such as names, email addresses, and their location. Now, that really pisses me off. Okay, I I find you're an adult, uh, whatever. But when you're a child and they're mining that kind of information, it's, I mean, that's obviously dangerous, especially your location mm-hmm. and your email. Children, you know, they they can be easily manipulated. Uh, I don't like that.
3: Yeah, speaking of TikTok, I guess one of the, uh, the popular things right now, which is something you've seen in social media for a while, is people like reenacting uh, some of their family, old family portrait, like photos and stuff. Oh, oh I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So who, good. Who posted that? Was so it? funny. Uh, I, I forget who posted it, but somebody posted it in like it's this whole thing where where it was like a, a long video of everybody kind of like uh, re- like they get like their dad like holding them again over their. Shoulders. I really like that one. Yeah. It, yeah, and it's great. It's funny because I I was thinking about that and I I had thought about some old pictures that would be like a horrible idea to reenact. I don't know if you guys have any of these or not. <laughs> like in the
1: bathtub with dude, your sister? <laughs>
3: did, did you? did your parents do that? Like, my, my parents thought it was like you hilarious and great, uh, yeah, to put me in bathtub with my brother and then like our neighbor's like daughter and you know, and, like <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, dude! There's there's so many of these, like totally uh, exposing. One hundred percent, though, if you reenacted that, that would go viral. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. there's one of my brother in cowboy boots going up the
1: steps, butt naked. You know, I'm like, bro, you got to do that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those. There, there was one that showed a whole bunch of them, and then the last scene was really. Did you see the last scene on on the one where the girl was like with her dad, and then and then it switched and it showed her dad had passed away, so she had the you know, the ashes, and she like throws it in the air. I'm like, fuck, oh, that made wow. me so sad. Oh, oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I, didn't see it that one. Me, I thought it was
0: great. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. I think that hands down so far, because I'm, I'm not a big TikTok fan, by the way. Oh, no. I'm dude, not a dude, fa- so obnoxious. Oh, it is. And, I, and I, refu- I hate it. I refused to I to bite into it. But I do like, I thought that that was cool. That's dude, if fun. you're
1: over 25 and you're making, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that one right there with the guy's
0: do you, brother. Oh my God. Do you remember when I did this two years ago? When I did it with my cousin, yeah, I I remember. remember Yeah, go back on my Instagram like two years ago. There's a picture of my cousin kissing me on the cheek, and it's like it's 20 years later. Yeah, uh, she's and we
3: reenacted this the same exact picture. Well, I'm gonna find a more PG one to do, but yeah, I have a bunch of uh, real compromising
1: ones. Oh gosh. Anyway, so there was a big leak, uh, a big uh, breach of security at the. Are you guys familiar with Steam and all the games that they have, like CS:GO and All that stuff? No, no, no. What's that? So these are games. It's like my son plays these games, and they're played by hundreds of millions of kids and people all over the world. I mean, I've heard of it,
3: but I'm not real versed.
1: There was a huge breach of security where hackers uh, were able to get in and basically get access to people's... Tons of people's personal information. And in the gaming world, this is a very, very big deal. Dang. So you got your kids don't play Steam Steam games or whatever?
3: Well, no. I mean, they are Roblox and and Minecraft Mm. and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they're very much – I'm like – I hate Roblox because then it gets them on the iPads, which I've had such a hard time because I I tried not to add iPads
1: because, like, that's just another screen now I got to compete with. Now, with Roblox, can't can't they talk to other players in the game? Yep. So I let my my I told my daughter not to play anymore. You can, I think you can turn that feature you off. You can, yeah. which okay. I, I've done because I get worried because they play in these networks, right? Yeah. And then some random bunch of, stranger bunch of comes pedos up in there. Yeah, exactly, like it attracts tons of these, around oh, these predators, yeah. dude. Yeah, you know, I know I sound like a paranoid parent. <laughs> I <do>. but, <laughs> I'm always thinking about that, I, <laughs> like every day. I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where are they at? Where are you hiding? No, what I was gonna say about TikTok though is like if you're over 25 and you're posting your TikTok videos all over the place, like don't do that. It's so it's so embarrassing. No. You know what I mean? I'm embarrassed for you. Yeah. Yay, I'm singing on the things. Like uh, you're, you're forty. My, yeah, yeah. My, <laughs> I don't want to
3: roll anybody under the bus, but there's there's some professionals out there that are yes. using TikTok like some old people. I'm like, dude, please stop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, this is like a, a public service announcement, you know, if you got like a valid practice to I, just think, stop I doing think the it. ones where the
0: the uh, the the parents are like you know, guys and guys that are our age that are fathers of kids that are two you know they have two or three kids and the mom and the and they all kind of do like the dance together I think that's cute that's it, different right getting involved with the family about, well, like well if, if it's, it's on the kids yeah
1: yeah, yeah, you, yes, yeah exactly yeah. I'm talking about the thirty eight year not old right, yeah. that's like on camera by themselves or the fifty yeah. year old <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah like <laughs> that's like a lawyer and <laughs> it's like yay hey, big
3: deal. I'm doing those dance
0: <laughs> have you <laughs> have you embarrassed <laughs> have well, you, why it's funny is because they're like every kid who's like hardcore into tiktok is looking at it and rolling their eyes going like they're using it wrong yeah, yeah. It, this is not how it's
3: no been. they're in there thinking they're gonna get clients yeah, like,
0: <laughs> okay. a 12 year olds right I'm like, <laughs> what like, you like that's how I, I well you know why because gary v said it that's what happens uh, gary v tells everybody to jump on well, a platform v, they all jump whatever on whatever he's doing he wants
3: everybody to do, do you <laughs> know know so, you yeah because he's invested on. in yeah, it yeah right? exactly
0: <laughs> it's like yeah get on tiktok have Ooh. you
1: have you found anything that embarrasses the shit out of your kids yet justin uh, where, you, where you just do it just to fuck with
3: them? Uh, the only thing was like, um, I, I would go around, like when they would start playing a game, and I would be like, oh my God, you shouldn't do it that way, you f- noobs. And then I'd just walk out of the room, yeah. you know, because like I, I would just shame them and, and call them noobs <laughs> and <laughs> beginners, and,
1: and they would get so pissed. So I, I'll do the, the what's that one game all the kids play? I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, there's dances, there's players on Fortnite? there. Dan- yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'll oh cop, you do those dances bro, oh my god oh, I dude. would do some of those too. my daughter yeah. if, if she could like it, it just disappear when I do that she would because or I'll dab I'll do this thing like this yeah and she'd be like no I did that
3: around their oh. friends when we were at Little League one yeah. time because he kept like not paying attention and so I was like oh Ethan did you want to show him the dance and I was like yeah like, throwing <laughs> throw my stupid arms around and like shaking like they do and, uh, yeah he got really pissed it,
1: yeah I got some science news that you'll be interested in Adam let's hear it. So remember the the a long time ago I talked about the the explorer the space explorer whatever the spaceship that crashed on Mars oh, yeah. the, the, oh the the space bears yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, they dumped water a bunch bears of, they dumped a bunch of tardigrades I think they're yeah, called yeah, yeah. Uh, which they called water, water bears, bears. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so apparently like grow up there was another one that crashed on the moon and they spilled a bunch of of uh, tardigrades or wa- water bears mm, on the moon no. <laughs> really yeah dude. Another one. So these are so the reason why this, this is, is crazy, a problem. the reason why this is crazy and why they're in space in the first place is these little creatures survive anything. They can live in space. You can bury, you can put them in ice, you can wherever, and they just live anywhere. So they're shooting them up into space, yeah. and now we're crashing them on different planets. Like, what's yeah. gonna happen? We'll what?
3: And what are they gonna grow up to be? You yeah. know, like there's gonna be like stages of evolution of these like little uh, tardigrades bear, bears on the
0: moon.
1: Yeah. You know yeah.
3: what I wanted to bring up was, uh, and I don't think Sal's Angry jumped bears. on the the bandwagon
0: yet. Justin got sold me on it last show, which he did a terrible job. By the way, I thought.
3: <laughs> dude. You're was, the worst. It was like sell- talking. you the worst to at selling something. stone walls. You know, like. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll like so, no. It's because it was it was like hippie stuff. You yes. know, you guys weren't buying in uh, on, you on my excitement. It, you sold it bad. Is it's this all, the greenhouse.
1: Story? I did yeah. sell it
3: bad, but you know what? Like, it, it was my how fault. do you sell a greenhouse?
1: You're well, right. Right. No, it, it was l- my fault because I said there's a lot of spiders. No, you guys. In there. Look, yeah. I watched it. Okay, uh, first cool, of all, a cool story. Let me uh, sell
0: it better for you. Okay, fine. For Apple, <laughs> <laughs> Apple did it, and it's one of Apple's new streaming uh, shows, and they do a hell of a job. I like a lot of the shows that Apple puts out. They don't put out a lot, and when they do. It's normally really good, good content. So it's already shot really well and yeah. produced well. And then the idea of like these really cool concepts that people are the way they create these homes. And I thought it was just one show. I didn't realize that it was a whole series. Yeah. And you were just talking about one episode, which was right. epic, by the way. Like I so want to go experience a house like this because I believe that you probably feel it when you walk in. It's oh, so yeah. cool.
3: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's hard to describe. I guess it's just hard to, to articulate like what nature, like in, incorporating that more into your house, what that does for you and, and how, you know, that makes you feel internally. Like it, there's there's something about like adding more life uh, in the mix and having a less sterile kind of environment mm-hmm. around you. It really changes. Well, you. not only that. So this guy, check this out,
0: Sal. You would you would like this. You totally would. So he it didn't start off that he was going to build a greenhouse house. It actually started off that he wanted to build a house from like scratch with the resources that are around him, like mm-hmm. from the tre- cut down the trees, mill mill the logs and make a, like a log cabin house. Him and his father started mm-hmm. this project like twelve years ago, and he builds this badass custom log log home from like the the trees that are around him. But he didn't finish it. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't finish it. And one of the things that it would, took such a long because he handcrafted every Everything it was like meticulous. It was beautiful, Mm. and he's not a craftsman. Like he's he has like well I forget what his job was. He's like a engineer. Yeah, he's like an engineer or something else. And his his thought process is: listen, if if somebody else can do this, I'm confident I can learn to do it. Yeah. And so he he sets out this this journey to start building this thing. And what slows it up is that you know weather permits him to do it. So he decides to build a greenhouse around it to protect him while he builds Mm -hmm. in it. And then he ends up creating this whole ecosystem. That allows him to have this Mediterranean environment in Canada. Yeah, like year round,
3: degrees like constantly. But there's plants
1: in his house.
0: Not in his life. house. It's uh yeah. in the greenhouse on, on the outside. On the outside. House, right? yeah. So it's
3: literally just like he's creating this this beautiful Mediterranean. Uh, like it's like having two natures so you got one that's like surrounding your house and then you walk back out and it's... so is
1: it like this is it like house and then in between the house and the greenhouse is the nature Dude, and that's he, the he, that's the climate he, that he creates yes he builds oh, okay. it's got
3: like a moat like it's a river. Surrounds, it's almost like biodome it surrounds the house oh that right? makes sense and so then it and then he has all the vines and everything else like all the, oh. the grapes and stuff that he could go out in his garden so it, it, it keeps like all the life uh vibrant in there and his basement is a complete filtration system
0: so he lives off of his all his sewage he goes gets, right back to the plants goes right into the plants and and feeds all the plants
1: wow that's oh, interesting oh it's super i interesting. keep thinking there's a lot of spiders though you know what i mean just hella spiders and bugs i,
3: I don't think there's a lot of bugs in there i mean there's
0: mm.
1: there's a
3: few i'm sure but uh
1: more yeah, than more than necessary that's more, what i would say y- <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I can't get around oh, that part are you part. scared when you
0: said that that almost made me not want I was like yeah sounds right I don't want to, just I want spiders, to live but, with spiders but no somewhere. but if
3: you keep going there's this house in Austin too that's really amazing like that where they built it all so it was like the top of it was all the different like prairie grass and everything and then it splits in the middle and it's really high ceilings and everything it gives you this amazing view and uh, yeah if you just get into it it's more of like a design architecture like they really get into a lot of the decision making process of like how they create these shows oh, no it's cool What's that's it called, really Ian? cool homes homes, homes on home. a, on apple tv yeah oh, i said okay. house last
0: time that's yeah. another yeah that took <laughs> me that's another problem I fu- I fucked that's a, up another bad way of selling it it's like naming it wrong i spent like an I mean, hour it's on that another Netflix. good show right <laughs> yeah. house he, he <laughs> solves the uh, you know <laughs> medical issues there's a, there's <laughs> another one where a guy takes a, a 300 square foot apartment in i think china was it china or japan i was it? i can't i don't remember where uh, it was at
3: korea uh, no hong kong hong kong yeah. you're right so 300 300
0: one yeah. of those yeah one of those yeah. right 300 square feet that's not even the, <laughs> there's yeah. asians yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah that's what we know so wow. well we suck at that 300 square feet but he takes a 300 square foot room that he turns into 20 different rooms so the walls all
3: move and change, and it's always like the full 300 square feet. Mm. But because so he pulls walls out, and there's all these different shelving in it, and so he can actually turn it and, and and adjust everything, so he can actually like create like a party environment if you wanted to. He could create like a study environment, home theater, in, home theater. Interesting, like, it's, it's interesting, yeah, yeah, yeah. very interesting, yeah. very resourceful. Uh, all right,
1: one. I got one controversial thing uh, study that I'm going to bring up because I think this goes counter to what we think. Okay. So this is an interesting one. This is a study that was. published published uh, April 13th. No, that's the study stuff in Science News. I don't remember when the study was published, but Science News and Science Daily's got some good stuff. And this is a study done uh, out of Ohio State University. So they said, despite the time spent with smartphones and social media, young people today are just as socially skilled as those from previous generations. Oh, interesting. So researchers compared teacher and parent evaluations of children who started kindergarten in 1998, to those who began school in 2010. So they're showing the difference, those who started before the smart tech and those afterwards. And the results showed that both groups of kids were rated similarly on interpersonal skills, such as the ability to form and maintain friendships and get along with people who are different. They were also rated similarly on self-control, such as their ability to regulate their temper. So in other words, the kids are all right, even though... We got all this social media and smartphones and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe you.
0: Yeah, I and, <laughs> and I don't know if those are the exact things that you test for, right? And, yeah. I mean, I definitely here's what I do agree with. I do think that, um, and you've touched on this before, Sal. That every generation does this. That they look at the generation coming up and they go, "Oh my God," you know what mm. I'm saying? And it, it, we, so we, there's a little bit of that. And the the truth is you know uh, we we are resisting the just the new way of things will be done it'll be mm. you know it will just be very common and very normal to be in the same house as somebody and communicate through your phone versus walking down and talking to them mm. yeah. does that mean you're not communicating with them technically you are just a different form of it and are you actually connecting to more people now because of social networks? Technically, you are. Yeah. You know, before maybe you're you're a popular person if you have fifteen to twenty friends. Well, so what's or inter- now you have thousands
1: on on social media. Well, platforms. so what's interesting. There's two things. It was do- It was evaluations done by teachers comparing both decades or whatever. And that to me is like, are the teachers evaluating the students based off of? their current expectations, because that could change it, right? That could skew it. Mm. But here's the other part of it. We're all living through a bit of an experiment right now. Mm -hmm. All of us are isolated. We're not going out and hugging and touching and talking to physical people like we, we normally do. We're talking through our cell phones. We're doing FaceTime and stuff like that. And I know I feel it. And I know a lot of other people feel it. Right. Like I would. I'm still in contact with people all the time. I talk to my parents and family and cousins and whatever through FaceTime. Still not the same. And how
0: can we not? And exactly. And how can we not connect things like the rise of depression that things like this may lead to that, right? So maybe they have the ability to still function, communicate, but because you're not getting that physical touch as much as the generation before, Mm -hmm. it leads you to more likely get depressed over things or allow you know, some troll online to say something to you that puts you, you know, now you're in your room like depressed mm-hmm. over it where maybe that wouldn't happen as much in person. I don't know. Like, yeah. be, I feel like people are more,
3: I think, are quicker to to be mean and bully because it's behind a well, computer I just think too. back to those messed up studies, you know, where they, they didn't like hug or kiss or touch any of the little babies you uh, know and versus not and it's like very clear distinct you know behavioral changes mm-hmm. as a result of that so you're trying to like you know market and and wrap around this new way of interacting virtually like it's not the same I don't care how you rebrand
1: it. yeah well I'm sure there's a threshold I'm sure that there's a point where it does really cause detrimental effects like if you just only ever were on tech and never talked to anyone yeah that would be an extreme right but I'm sure there there's a there's probably a range right where between here and here, it's okay right the kid over here that uses a lot more tech but still sees people still hugs them, yeah as long as they're getting kid, both yeah you know, and, like
0: exposure and I also see areas like so I, I'm aware of the these situations like in my own life where like for example my my uncle who's the the generation before us. He is uh, very old school. Like if he if he wants to communicate something, he wants to talk to me. Where I use yeah. text a lot, yeah. mm-hmm. and part of why I love to text is because it allows me to not only communicate to him, but then I can communicate to all three of you, and I feel more connected. I feel like oh wow, I was able to answer Justin's question. I sent something it's funny. It's more productive. I sent in something funny yeah. to Sal. So we're having, our, I, I answered Doug, something related to business. And then mm-hmm. I also got to talk to my uncle about something. So I feel like I've expanded my ability to communicate and stay connected and touch people where he feels pissed off because I didn't pick the phone up and dedicate
1: 30 minutes to sure. talking to just him. So, But it is a more personal thing. Like, you know, when you talk, like imagine texting with someone for 30 minutes versus talking to them on the phone. It does feel more personal and a little bit more connected because you could hear their voice, and you can hear the inflections in the voice. And then, if you take it a step further, FaceTime would feel more connected than the cell phone, and then in person, well, it would feel even so more the, connected. So, the
0: counter argument to that is, is that because we evolved that way,
1: and the generation coming up that's evolved without that won't even notice that it oh, won't
0: feel like there, it's less of a connection?
1: I think it does, I think it still does. I think we evolved that way, but that doesn't mean that all forms of communication need to be the same. In other words, if I'm having an informal conversation with you about certain things, it doesn't require us to connect and I need to do all that stuff, well, then text is perfectly fine. It makes no sense to, yo, hey, drive up, meet meet me over here so we can sit down and talk for Fifteen minutes over yeah, this one just thing. It's the we
3: misinterpreted text. stuff, right? Like, in uh, text is so like susceptible to that.
1: Like, you just have so many different things that you put out there that people yes. take it the wrong way. One of the worst things ever. Like for uh, like Jessica and I, I do not like arguing over text. I think it's a terrible way to have those kinds of discussions because exactly what you're saying, mm-hmm. you can't hear tone. You get misinterpreted. If you say something you don't mean, it's there. Well, it's what, there forever. The what, person keeps seeing it. You know? Well, of course. Yeah.
0: What's the What's the stat? Eighty percent of communication is non verbal. Yeah. yeah. I Something mean it, like so most of it's not even yeah. verbal anyway. So that, that there's a good a good point there, right? If you're yeah. having a very serious conversation uh, or a meaningful conversation to not be able to perceive that person's uh you know nonverbal cues has to
1: affect Well, them. think about yeah. it this way. Here I'll, I got it. I know what what'll make sense to all of us. So all of us has spent a lot of time in the fitness space uh training and developing trainers and fitness exp- uh, professionals on how to sell fitness and sell personal training. Now we, we, we know that that's just effective communicating. Okay. What are your odds or how much more effective are you at being able to talk to someone and convince them that hiring a trainer is probably valuable to them when you're in person versus on a phone call versus through text, right? right? You get, it declines every single time, right? In person, number one. FaceTime would be the next closest one over the phone, next closest, and then text would probably be the least. So there is definitely an impact. Uh, it makes a difference to be th- to to be with people in person. It's just how you know how much of an impact. I mean, that's, that might be hard to measure.
2: This quiz brought to you by Organifi. I feel like I get so much conflicting info on the glute squeeze at the top of deadlifts and squats. Some say it's a good way to ensure you are activating or utilizing your glutes in lifts and others say it's bad for your spine. What are your thoughts? Well, there's a difference between squeezing your glutes and
0: arching your spine. Yeah, or, cha- oh, yeah. or
1: changing your form and position, right? Because right, right. what happens, I think, to a lot of people at the top of a squat when they squeeze their glutes is they shift their pelvis forward. Right, they and push forward and lean back with their upper body. They put themselves in a weird position that then they need to get out of to get back into a proper squat. That becomes a problem. <clears throat> you want to be able to squeeze a muscle and activate a muscle without having to change your position, okay? That means you have good connection to that muscle. So, for example, I can flex my bicep if my arm is extended, if it's halfway bent, or if it's fully bent. Some people can only feel their bicep squeezing if it's fully uh, bent all the way. This is true with the glutes as well. If you have trouble squeezing your glutes at the top of a squat without shifting your hips forward, then I recommend you don't squeeze your glutes at the top and instead focus on priming your squats with a exercise that allows you to squeeze the glutes like a hip thrust. So like doing a hip thrust before you do squats gives you that ability to squeeze and connect to the glutes. Then when you do your barbell squats, now you can probably feel what it's supposed to feel like to be more connected to we, them.
0: We did a really good YouTube mm-hmm. on this uh, where I, I do uh, back presses and then floor bridges. So, uh, Because the other part of that, even if you go into hip thrusts and you have a tendency to arch to get to get up like that. You still may even do it on a hip thrust. Although gravity is working in your favor to not do that. There is still the possibility that you overarch uh, even on an exercise like a hip thrust. And so if I have a client that's doing that, then I teach them the, the uh, back press, the floor press where you're laying down before you go to a floor bridge. So you're teaching them to have that pelvic control and, and 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 keep that your in that neutral spine with your core activated, and then lift up w- with your glutes. Because you know this reminds me of too. You brought this up the other day, Sal, in an episode where you know how how common was this when we train a client who has a limited range of motion or control in their shoulder, and you tell them to do a shoulder press, and and you tell them to reach all the way up, and at the top they they go they go up on their toes. Mm-hmm. This is a, a similar issue, right? It's right. A, it's only it's in the hips and the butt. Like yeah. you you hear cue from a trainer saying squeeze the glutes really hard. And when you do that, you want to arch the back to get more of a squeeze. Mm-hmm. Like the, the idea is that you do squeeze the glutes, but you still also maintain a good neutral spine at the same time. If you have a hard time doing that, then you refer to those movements like you were talking
2: about.
1: Yeah. So if you are squeezing your glutes at the top of deadlifts and squats, but your your spine is really changing position in order to do it, then it is bad for your spine. Yeah. But if you can feel the glutes at the top and squeeze them without altering good form, mm-hmm. then that's a great way to feel the glutes and to target them with those exercises. And also try to, to, to maintain that tension,
3: you know, all the way through. Like we have a couple like the, the dumpy squat, for instance, is one of those great kind of tools to try and see where, you know, there, there's a break in, in your bracing technique. And so whether it is, you know, your, your core bracing, but also like activating your legs properly and getting your glutes and your, your, quads and things to fire appropriately uh, you know slow down slow down and, and, and squeeze and see where you know there's a, there's a discrepancy
1: Yeah. now to be honest I, I almost never when I would train clients would tell them to squeeze their glutes at the top of a barbell squat. I would tell them sometimes to squeeze their quads because it doesn't tend to cause people to have different position. if somebody didn't feel their glutes on a squat uh, my remedy was typically good priming or change the exercise form itself. You know, at the top of a squat when you're standing, the glutes are relatively less active than they would be when you're down at the half point or at the bottom of a squat. Mm. At the top, you don't really need your glutes, don't have to fire hard to hold the weight up. Now, as opposed to like a, a hip thrust, a hip thrust, to hold your position at the top of the hip thrust, you have to really squeeze the glutes. It's really what's holding you up there. So, you know, if if you're trying to feel your glutes with squats and you're like, oh, I don't feel them. Maybe I should squeeze them. I recommend instead proper priming and maybe change your technique. It's not necessarily a good exercise that lends itself well to a squeeze at the top. It really only works well when you already have good control with your glutes. You already have a good connection, in which case then you can squeeze
2: at the top and not change your, your, your positioning. Next question is from L. Patrick G., how would you recommend the programming of plyometrics in conjunction with resistance training? Maybe one of the most yeah. abused definitely training Just methods. Nobody ever does it right.
1: Yeah. Very very rare. No no no. Now, have you guys ever programmed plyometrics for yourselves? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I know with clients, I have for some clients, but typically I don't because plyometrics are explosive, more performance right. oriented. And the average person? Well, only with athletes. Yeah, yeah it's I mean use- that's
3: the only time I'm ever even bringing that into the workouts.
1: Now, now, uh, uh, Defranco really convinced me that there's a role for plyometrics for the average person, yes. but he's not doing it, this, it necessarily in the same way. It's as It's a very way. controlled way to do it. It is, and and, the, and he convinced me. He said, "Look, if you don't practice a a movement or an explosive movement a skill, you, you yeah. tend to lose that skill." Yeah, and it made perfect sense because totally. I I know I'm feeling that in myself. So the way I typically would program plyometrics is either on their own or before I get into the heavy resistance. Now, the reason being is that, you know, and this is after a good priming session or a good up. plyometrics need to be done explosively in order to reap the benefits of plyometrics. The way a lot of people use plyometrics now, you can't call it plyometrics. All they're doing is fatigue jumping. Mm -hmm. They're just moving in ways to get them tired. Plyometrics aims at improving your ability to explode, to exert force, and to do so in a controlled, safe way. Well, the only way to be able to practice that is to be able to practice it explosively, and that does not work when you're fatigued. You can't practice explosiveness when you're tired. Now you're just working on... You know, muscular strength or muscular strength. Yeah, you're going to reinforce. You
3: know, the, whatever you degrade. Uh, you know, you're working with in terms of like your form. Like, so if your your form starts to degrade and you're you're practicing that uh, through fatigue, that's going to come out in your performance out on the field and all the stuff with athletes. So I'm always making sure that you know they regain that composure. Uh, you know, everything is is completely ready to go. And because because it requires so much of uh, the attention to detail, the attention of I have to get my entire body to respond uh, in a split second the way that you know is most effective for this so uh, if you're really trying to train it to improve otherwise yes you're just you're, you're just reacting you're, you're you're going through something that's gonna wear you out, which is part of you know athletics it's part of of a game sometimes you do have to endure, uh you know long bouts of of explosive type movement but uh it's to practice it to train it uh is to be as effective as possible that way when you're actually performing on the field you know the way that you're moving is is really sound
0: well i think of it like this because uh, first of all i don't think it belongs in most people's programming uh Aside from the case uh, that that Joe makes, and I agree with that, like I I think if you if you don't use it, you lose it. And so, and I'll give you an example of how i I did I programmed that for myself because I recognized I was losing that skill. I hadn't done plyometrics uh, for a while, especially when I was in the bodybuilding uh, world. And I remember, and I shared this on the podcast not that long ago, where I jumped out of the bed of my truck, <laughs> and you know I've I have an eight inch lift on my on my truck, and I it felt like my knees were going to explode when I landed. And I actually like, and wh- why it caught me so off guard is I never had felt that I've jumped a bunch of times in my life. You know, I played basketball. So of course I jumped a lot, but I had never felt that way. And it, and it made, it woke me up like, Oh shit. Like, because I haven't done this in so long, like my mechanics were off and I did not, my body did not respond the way I went. And, and it, this light bulb went off of, wow, like, You know, even someone like me, who's very aware of his body and what he can do, and I could easily have injured myself because I just I thought I could do something and I and I just did it real quick. I wasn't loaded or anything hard, but I could have really injured myself.
3: And that's and you bring up a point that uh, is the counter to the explosive movement part. That's just the beginning. It's then how do you control yourself and land properly and stabilize quickly. You have to be able to stabilize and control yourself just as quickly as you're able to explode into this movement, and that's something that does never gets highlighted in plyometric training. Nope. That's that's a, a fault to most coaches out there just hammering their their
0: athletes. And that, to me, is how you program specific for something. Like so, right after that, and it was it was actually not that long ago or long around. Uh, we were taught when we were talking to Joe is okay now i see this is where i will i found myself in the gym the very next week you know programming some box jumps and the focus was exploding up and then the land and i only did like 3 to 5 to start my workout and that was it and it was actually what was really clever okay to do this is on a squat day because then it then it carries over into my explosiveness into my squats, right? So I, I get that uh, um, post-activation potentiation or whatever before I go into my squat. I also am training my plyometrics so I have the ability to jump out of a truck and not let my knees explode. And so it has a specific application for what I, I want to use it. So there's how I would program that. Not long after that, I was talking recently about getting back in basketball before the whole COVID thing happened. Well, one of the things I know that I have lost because I don't I don't move laterally that often unless it's something that I'm training specifically in my routine and I definitely don't do it explosively. So I know better than before I get on a court where I will need to go explosively left or right really quick, I need to start training that that plyometric in the gym. So and I shared this on my Instagram story like a few months ago and I was doing these, you know, and I had a bunch of people give me shit and were teasing me. But I, I really and I don't think I'm a, a and I think that was what people think, oh, you think you're going to be like a fucking you know super athlete right now. I'm just like, no, I don't want to get hurt. And so <laughs> I want to play basketball. And so i am I am training. I put a I had the the band around my knees, and I was just doing you know three to the right, three to the left, explosive lateral moves with the tube around my knees just to start to strengthen that. And that's it. And all, and I only want to do three because I, I don't want to be fatigued and my and i'm all i'm completely paying attention to every bit of my form and technique over how many times can i do it or how hard can i do it
1: yeah so i mean really the the easy way to break it down is the jumps or the movements that you're doing in plyometrics need to be explosive you need to rest long enough in between your movements for, to allow your body to fully rest, so that you can fully express that power again, and then stop way before you get tired. That's it shouldn't how be, it should be. More
0: than two or three. Yeah. yeah. There's no reason for you to do ten or fifteen box jumps not in a,
1: in a row. Yeah. No, yeah. No, not, not, not and not if,
0: if you're not if you're training plyometrics correctly and you're trying to get ex, get explosive movement out of it, because after that it just becomes more like cardio. Yep.
2: Next question is from Shall We Fitness. Do you think it's necessary to keep workouts under a certain length of time or number of sets? Some trainers say workouts should last no more than an hour, or that you should only do twelve to fifteen sets per workout. Does it really matter, or is the total weekly volume per muscle group the most important thing to consider?
1: Okay, well, there's some general answers to this, but individually, boy, can this vary tremendously. I mean, I you know I've known some advanced. Lifters who could train, you know, thirty sessions. Uh, excuse me, thirty sets per body part, two and a half hours. I know powerlifters that train for two and a half hours to three hours in the gym because of long rest periods yep. in between sets. You know, bodybuilders in the past, Serge Noubray was known for doing. Yeah, it depends you know, on what you're doing. Fifty sets per body part and crazy stuff. But generally speaking, when you look at the studies, what you're looking at is anywhere between twelve to twenty sets per body part per week is typically where people tend to fall. That's a pretty big range though, right? 12 sets and 20 sets, there's a big difference there. There's a difference of about eight total sets, but that's total weekly volume. So that means if, let's say you're doing 15 sets for chest for the week, then that means either you're doing one workout for 15 sets or doing three different workouts, five sets each. In other words, you can break it up different ways. Now, we found in our our experience that it tends to work better when you break it up into smaller ses- sessions versus doing it all at once. As far as total time of your workout, generally speaking, um, I don't know very many people that can have a quality workout that lasts longer than an hour, just generally speaking. Now, I know a lot of advanced people that can have a quality workout that's longer than that, but most average people, 45 minutes to an hour and you know, a real good quality exercise, you're you're probably doing okay. Now, if you throw mobility and correctional work and priming then you could go an hour and a half and the whole you know session be pretty pretty uh, quality but aside from that you know I don't like answering these with, with specifics because there may be someone listening that would benefit from doing an hour and a half of a, of a hard workout and somebody who's listening who shouldn't go longer than 30 well, minutes
0: I really think it always goes back to the same thing that we say on this all the time which the goal is always to do as little as possible to elicit the most amount of change and so, and and why I like using that because it's that's that applies to no matter whether you're a brand new beginner or super advanced. Even the super advanced person should be doing the least amount possible to elicit the most amount of change. So even if that person is, you know, five years in a training, they haven't missed a single day in five years. They can handle, you know, thirty sets of of, of a, a you know a, a total volume on a muscle group, but they should have. If they did it properly, scale to that, you know. And and if you're a brand new beginner, or maybe you've been off the gym for two months or more, and you're getting back in, you may not even need twelve sets. I mean, it, it, you if you just get in there and you work out four or five sets, and you weren't doing anything before, you're going to elicit change. Mm-hmm. Your body it will start to adapt, and you'll 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 start progressing in the right way. So I always lean towards the lower end first so I can build on that. And I slowly build. And so, you know, instead of like trying to, because this can get really crazy with all the studies that are out there of like, oh, this study says this amount, this, this study says, you know, the vault. It's like, well, all of that gets thrown out the window because there's such an individual variance on every single person. I know somebody who can get great results right now at this very moment doing just 10 you know five to eight sets uh, a week. And then I know somebody else who will get great results at 12 to 15, someone else 20 to 30. And so it really depends on where you're currently at uh, in your in your your, your training regimen or your routine. And again, always trying to lean towards doing as little as possible to elicit change. And so you start off at just what you need to do to see change. And then, and I follow that, which is about three or four weeks. And then I need to start kind of slowly building on that. And, you know, some people, like Sal was saying, can handle. A lot more volume than others, and you just gotta you gotta you gotta measure your results. And there's
1: a, there's a lot of other factors like intensity, mm-hmm. uh, exercises. I could handle way more volume and sets of isolation exercises than I can compound movements. I think that's probably true for a lot of people. Uh, if my intensity is super high, I can't handle as much volume. I mean, I've gotten great results in short periods of time. Uh, granted, but still great results in short periods of time with. Very, very low volume, just very high intensity, like you know i 've done it where you know in a three or four week period i 'm doing like rather than doing you know you know twelve sets for my legs for the whole week i 'm doing like one or two, but they 're like to failure, which really takes a lot of energy out of you, but it my body progressed, so I think you know what adam 's saying is is a hundred percent true, it really depends on the individual where you 're coming from and what you've been doing before. And at the end of the day, doing more than is necessary to give you the maximal results of just wasting
2: your time and actually taking away from your progress. Next question is from Scotty's Hobbies. What are your top two current hobbies? Top two current <laughs> hobbies? He's, yeah,
1: he's really into hobbies. Does it, I mean, does anything count? Because I feel like a hobby is like something that people accept. That's a hobby. You know what I mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, like I mean, collecting stamps. Yeah, yeah. you know,
0: oh, so like, like that. I could see you doing that. I did know, when I was a I, kid. Yeah, of course. I did. I, I think like, I think they're I think they're leaning because they're saying current right now, like because of COVID nineteen, are there yeah. certain things that like you're getting into or you're doing that's like kind of I like I
3: admitted a, I was puzzling quite a bit.
0: You, really? you I'm, have I'm, been I'm a puzzling a lot. Yeah. Are
3: you still puzzling? I'm still puzzling, but you know the problem is you can't order any like they're all off the shelves everybody had the same idea no way yeah they're like i'm stuck at home i got nothing to do uh so i haven't been able to get any new ones that are that are awesome so i mean there's business uh potential there
1: so how hold on how much time do you do this like how like what do you do you come home do your thing and then you sit down and just start doing a puzzle usually
3: well uh, i usually do it when my kids are are doing their homework and so I'm sort of at the table puzzling while they have questions so I can answer their questions and kind of help them through maybe some troubleshooting of of what they need to be doing and then I'm just like you know hunting for all these like you know shapes and things I don't know dude there's some zen about it
1: <laughs> You're such an old man it's, it's very zen
3: I put my glasses on you know I got my blue blockers like I'm 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 in there just just you know fixated on it You when- know why cuz uh, like, I love you guys and everything, but like, I need to decompress, like just people talking. Yeah. I just it, for me. Like I'm, I've, I've, have, I've like two different operating, uh, you know, gears. And, and one of them is like, okay, I'm on, let's go, 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 go. And then the other one is like, don't come near me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I definitely, that used to be my go to for everything. Now I'm like, okay, I need to be on more. Dude, so we, we drove Justin to puzzle.
1: Yeah, he did. He (laughs) drove me into puzzles. He's not
0: lying either, because the last two times we've been in Tahoe, that's been his thing. Like, I know I've seen him him do it hours over there. I know. What do
1: do you now? What is it? Which one are you doing now? Is it like? Is it cats? Is it like (laughs) buildings?
3: I don't know. You know what? No, it's like uh, it's Coke bottles. So there's all these like old nostalgic Coke. Coca-Cola, like, uh, uh, anyway, marketing stuff, material. So I'm putting it all together. I'm like halfway through right now, but uh, I do that. And then I also, I jam on my guitar. That's, that's always been, uh, another big hobby of mine is to just tinker away and, and I'm not, and I haven't really been one to learn songs cause I don't know. I just, I guess I'm, I'm just rogue, uh, like that, <laughs> but I, I've always tried to create my own songs and like, uh, write my own, uh, you know, uh, to, to work on because i just get i feel inspired sometimes i just hear hear it in my head and then i just go try and figure it out but i've lately i've been learning uh, a lot of everybody else's songs stone temple pilots you know sublime like oh, Beatles awesome. and so i've been playing those for the kids and of course everybody likes that because it's like they know
1: the song already yeah you know and i was like oh dad ugh. that's Play way that one again that's way better than the other one you made yeah i'm oh, like stupid. dude nobody likes my real songs dude you, you know? just reminded me of something i Totally forgot up until now. When I was so the fastest I've ever done a puzzle in my entire life. You ready for the story? Hmm. Was sixth grade went over my friend's house. Do you guys ever had that friend whose parents were never home? He was like a feral child. Yeah, do whatever the fuck you wanted. Right. Well, uh, so yeah. the only reason why I was friends with this kid is because I could go to his house. What and do they they were, call it the key uh, latch key. Yeah, like it was no were no rules. Like I go to his house, we'd like drink sodas and eat yeah. pizza. Anyway, he found his dad's puzzle porn stash. There's yeah. such a thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We found my head just exploded. No, no. There was a box of puzzle pieces, and I guess he never paid attention. But one day I went. He, well, we're at school, and he's like, "Dude, puzzle porn." Dude, here. my dad's got a puzzle <laughs> that's naked ladies. You know, because that's what you used to say when you're sixth grade, right? I wow. remember this is before the internet. So I went you to find his- find like
3: one Oh, there's a
1: nipple. Yes. Let's I went to his house, there. and we go through this box of like a thousand pieces. <laughs> like a thousand oh, pieces, he did like a yes, half hour? bro. And we're looking for the You're piece
3: like, with- Is the, this dirt or is this bush? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: We're looking for the piece that has the nipple or whatever, and we're like, oh my God. So we- did this whole puzzle in like the fastest time you've ever seen in your oh, entire
2: life. That well, that so, makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that that totally is hilarious. Yeah. Yep. What so about what's your, you guys?
0: Uh, you know, I, 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 feel bad because I don't have a really good answer for this. And I, and I typically do have some hobbies I'm doing. If it's basketball or listening to music or I, I, I can geek out on things, but right now the, the two main things that I think consume my time, uh, and, I, and it's boring for people to probably hear one of those is, Uh, Our business. I mean, I look at our business as a hobby too. Like, it's, I love it that much that. I, and I, I know Doug can relate to this. Cause of course he, he's going to give
1: an answer yeah, like that. I know. Rain well, I, yeah.
0: And I know you Doug can relate to this because <laughs> Doug will be up at the same crazy hours <laughs> as I am and yeah. he's listening to similar audiobooks and digging well, you are through. like Rain Man with the numbers. So, I, yeah. And I I like that stuff. It's yeah. And it's therapeutic for me. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know why that is, but I love to look at analytics and I like to look at other businesses and compare numbers and it just- for some weird reason, that is uh, like a hobby, and very and and I don't feel like oh I'm working, so that was, I'm not searching for a badge of honor yeah, yeah. of like I work for fucking twenty hours a day. No, I like it's a hobby for me. Like I really love to do it when I find downtime uh, when I'm not with Max. This is the type of stuff that I'm doing right now. I just enjoy it that much. And then the other thing that that I I don't know if it is considered like a hobby, but you know I'm really trying to. Um, like I want to make sure that I have like these really cool things that I can look back ten, fifteen years uh, with with my son, and so you know I I spend a lot I actually spend quite a bit of time like the way I put together his Instagram uh, I I do I have a little camcorder and I'm, I'm videoing him and I'm and I'm actually like timing it like separate, like f- so that you can see phases. Oh, we-
1: congratulations, by the I way. Know. He's crawling. He's crawling, man. Yeah. I saw that it's video. Big deal. Yeah. That's so man. great.
0: Dude, he had, so and you guys obviously know this because you have kids, but it was so trippy to me. So he, ha- we just had this crazy two weeks, uh, uh, run with him where he had Rosella. He had, uh, 104 fever. He was teething. He had a rash and he had an ear infection. And also was growing through a growth spurt, like all in fourteen days, mm, and so damn. it was like it was literally a night. I looked at Katrina, I was like, "No way, we're having another one." Like, no, way. <laughs> there's nothing you could say right now that can convince me to have. Yeah, that was the storm. It oh, just it, came out. North. It was, and just every day I was like praying for my my poor son to feel better because he's really a happy baby, mm-hmm. and he and for the most part, uh, I, don't, I don't think there's such thing as an easy child, but he was he's he's relatively easy in comparison to what I see a lot of people go through. And the only time he's hard is if he's not feeling well. And so I, my heart breaks to watch him go through this. Then he just a couple days ago, like three days ago, I felt like it, he kind of made it through all of it. Like it's all long gone and none of it's really bothering him. And it he, he went from wearing uh, 12-month-old to 18-month-old uh, clothes. He's... Super strong and wrestling back with me, like I can feel him fighting against me and resisting me. He started crawling. His communication is like triple what it was. It was the, I know, in so 48 crazy. hours. Yeah. It was the weirdest thing ever, but yeah. so cool. Like he's so he's so fun right I now. Wish we could
3: still do that,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Make
3: make <laughs> leaps like I'm that. Like, yeah. I wish,
1: yeah. but that's so. I, that's it. That's how. By the way, that that documentary on Netflix explained that. Kids don't grow consistently. Yeah, they they don't grow. They don't grow, and then all of a sudden, boom! They grow like within a matter of a day or
0: two. And I totally felt
1: like I I saw one of those
0: or felt one of those massive leaps for him. But I, I mean, so he's a lot of my hobby right now. Like I, I'm really uh, I'm really enjoying being a father. I'm really enjoying, and I'm very, trying to be very mindful of I didn't have a father, and so. I'm trying to think about all the things that I missed out on, and I want, and like, I feel like this is my gift, right? I get to have this kid, and now I get to relive with him all the things that I wish I had. So I'm constantly think of that stuff. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't have any footage or photos, or I would love to look back at him and I. Like, None, I don't have any of that, right? Yeah. And so that's a lot on my mind, and I'm always trying to be. I'm not very organized, so I'm trying to be more organized about it. So, and I know that it'll pay off. You know, ten years from now, when I get to look back at it with him, mm-hmm. so that's kind of a hobby
1: for that's me. That's right good now, hobby. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, so I feed starving children when I. Uh, <laughs> <up> on my- <laughs> gonna one up your. Yeah, yeah. you gotta. Yeah. You know my step it up. The number one hobby that I have is the one that I've had since I was fourteen, since the the day I first uh, lifted weights. I fell in love with the way it felt, and you guys know this. I just I never stop. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's the it's my favorite thing in the world to do. Love the way it feels. I like the time I spend either by myself or working out with someone else. It doesn't matter what gym I'm in. It could be a hotel, it could be in my garage, it could be anywhere. I, I guess just am the only
3: one that does other things. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
1: I love it. I love it. And so that's that's always going to be my number one hobby. And then yeah. this, the second thing is again something that I've enjoyed for a long time, which is I love going on social media and reading other experts talk about subjects that I want to learn about. Mm-hmm. It's one of the mm-hmm. most it's one of the most effective Learning tools that I've ever stumbled across, and if, if you're listening right now, this is—it's it's really really cool. This is what you do. Okay, you go on Facebook. Facebook's a great place to do this. You 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 ask for an invitation to a group, whatever group you want to learn from. So neuroscience is one, right? So you type in the search you know bar neuroscience. You find some groups that have you know five hundred people, a thousand people, whatever. Ask for an invitation. Sometimes they let you in right away, and now you're in this group, and most of the people in the group are people who are either PhDs or students or neuroscientists, and then there's a small group of people that are just interested in the subject, but the vast majority of people in there are experts on that subject. Now, why is this cool? Well, they post new and upcoming studies and articles before they become mainstream news or ones that don't even become mainstream news, but that's not the cool part. The cool part is they'll post an article, and then the way, this is how I learn. I'll read the article, really cool, but then I read the comments. And I read these scientists and doctors or whoever debating and discuss discussing what happened in the article there's I have there's nothing that I found that gets you to learn better and faster because what I get from that is an education that's coming from other experts who know way more than I do debating and discussing points within the article that I never would have even noticed where they're breaking down the The study controls, or they're talking about, well, that doesn't apply because this other study showed this. And, well, what about that? And it's like really, really fascinating. Every once in a while, when I feel confident, I'll throw in a challenging statement. Not because I want to challenge somebody, but because I want to get their reply to see how they'll reply to a question that I have. And it's just something that I've done now for a while. I love love doing it. I just want to point out that that's the same shit that I
0: just said. I mean it's just a different <laughs> part. It's just a different part of our business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I find the the analytical side sure, and sure. then you're the science side of this house sure, hau- of sure. this house. So sure. you were just giving me shit about yeah. that answer, but you just pumped your own fucking tires about well, what you contribute to the business right now is your fucking hobby. Yeah. If, if, so. I, if I said
1: it like this. Uh, Yeah, I like to research for Mind Pump.
0: (laughs) Mind Pump research. No,
1: I I, you know I mean that's what it is though. Let's be honest. It's really cool because I I think what what uh, what what really why we enjoy what we do so much is because uh, we got to do something that we love to do, truly love to do for sure. Because let's be honest, if 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 we were all you know didn't have to work and made tons of money or whatever we would probably find time to meet with each other at least a couple days a week to sit down yeah. and talk about Mind pump like puzzles coming your way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download all of our guides, resources, and books. You can also find the three of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at mindpumpjustin, me at mindpumpsal, Adam at mindpumpadam. Oh, and by the way, you can find Doug on Instagram as well. He's sharing some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on his Instagram channel, including the equipment that we use to record the podcast, all the stuff Are he does we when really he's wearing editing, pants. Oh, all that stuff! Yeah. And you can find him at Mind Pump Doug.
2: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at MindPumpMedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes Maps Anabolic.